Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. We have a better covenant upon better promises, and we have a better relationship with God. All these things we strive for and work for and hope for and pray for, we already have those things because Jesus gave it all to us. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Wednesday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. This week, I'm in the middle of my teaching on self-centeredness, the source of all grief. I tell you, this is one of the most important things that I believe God has ever worked in my life. And I know that this title is offensive. Most people think, well, man, I'm not self-centered, but probably you are. I mean, this is the way we came into the world, and sad to say, most of us haven't gotten rid of it. It's just gotten worse. And it really is the source of all grief. I've been using this verse out of Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10, that says, Only by pride cometh contention. It didn't say it's a leading cause. It's the only way, the only thing that makes you operate in contention, which Proverbs 17, 14 says that's the beginning of strife. The only thing that leads you into contention and strife is your pride. And again, most people, I know that not everybody watches every day. I've already dealt with this two days this week, but most people who say, well, no, it's not my pride. It's what this person did. But you're going to never get to where every person treats you right. What you can do, you can't change everything out there. You can't uh, remove all obstacles and all people that are going to rub you the wrong way, but you can get to a place that when people treat you badly, it doesn't affect you because it's not what they do. It's the way you respond. It's what's on the inside of you that makes you angry. And you can't control other people, but you can control yourself through the power of God. And again, I'm saying some things that if this is your first day to watch this, I really encourage you to go to our website and watch the two previous days from this week or get this book. I've got it in English and in Spanish, but you need to get the context of this. Pride here isn't only talking about arrogance, but it's just talking about self-centeredness. People that are shy, timid, people that are introverted are very self-centered people and a very prideful people. They wouldn't use that word pride because, again, we use pride nearly exclusively to describe arrogant people, but it also applies to introverted, timid, shy people. You are constantly thinking about yourself. You're afraid to open up. You're afraid to share your heart because you might be rejected. That is very self-centered. That's prideful. The person who is truly humble is a person who it just, they just don't care one way or the other. If God exalts them, they will let God exalt them. As I used the scripture yesterday in Numbers chapter 12 and verse 3, and Moses there was writing. He was one who wrote this. He says that Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth. Did you know it would have been pride if he would have said, I'm not going to write that. What would people think about me? That would be pride. Did you know if you were truly humble, you'd just say about yourself what God says. Let's just imagine this. Imagine that we're all in a room right now and that say there's a hundred people in this room. And so I'm saying, all right, let's pray and ask God to show who's the most humble person in this room. And so bow your heads and pray and just pray this prayer and ask God to show you who's the most humble. And then if God spoke to you, and said, you are the most humble person. 
I WANT YOU TO STAND AND IDENTIFY YOURSELF. AND IF YOU'D SAY, WELL, I WOULD NEVER DO THAT BECAUSE WHAT WOULD PEOPLE THINK ABOUT ME? WELL, THEN YOU AREN'T THE MOST HUMBLE. SEE, WE HAVE THOUGHT THAT PRIDE IS LIKE, HERE'S A LINE OF WHAT IS TRUE AND WHAT'S RIGHT, AND THIS IS WHO YOU REALLY ARE AND WHAT YOUR TALENTS AND ABILITIES ARE. BUT IF YOU GO ABOVE THAT JUST THE SLIGHTEST LITTLE BIT, AND IF YOU EXALT YOURSELF AND GIVE YOURSELF MORE CREDIT THAN WHAT YOU'RE DUE, THEN THAT'S PRIDE. WELL, I WOULD AGREE THAT THAT'S PRIDE. BUT RELIGION HAS TAUGHT US THAT YOU CAN DEBASE YOURSELF. YOU CAN SIT THERE AND SAY, OH, I'M NOTHING, and and I have nothing, and I and you know it's not true. You know that God has talented, given you talents, and you have abilities. You've been to school. You got a degree, and stuff. But you would never say that because that could be considered pride. But you'll sit there and debase yourself and say, "Oh, I'm nothing, and I'm nobody." And it's a religious con. You don't believe it. You know what that is? That's pride. There's a religious pride. True humility is where you just. AREN'T PROMOTING YOURSELF. AND IF GOD TELLS YOU THAT YOU ARE THE MOST HUMBLE PERSON IN THIS GROUP, THEN YOU'D STAND UP AND SAY, GOD JUST SPOKE TO ME AND SAID, I'M THE MOST HUMBLE. THAT'S TRUE HUMILITY. AMEN. AND YET religious would, RELIGION WOULD THINK THAT THAT'S PRIDE. I HEARD A STORY ONE TIME ABOUT A CHURCH THAT TOOK A VOTE AND EVERYBODY VOTED TO FIND OUT WHO WAS THE MOST HUMBLE PERSON IN THE CHURCH. AND EVERYBODY AGREED. IT WAS DEAR OLD BROTHER SO-AND-SO. SO ON SUNDAY MORNING, THEY CALLED HIM UP FRONT AND THEY GAVE HIM THIS HUGE BUTTON LIKE THIS, A RED BUTTON WITH THE WORD HUMBLE WRITTEN IN WHITE ON IT. AND THEY GAVE HIM THIS BUTTON AND PINNED IT ON HIM. AND BECAUSE HE ACCEPTED IT, THEY TOOK IT AWAY. THEY THOUGHT IF HE WAS TRULY HUMBLE, HE WOULD HAVE SAID, OH, NO, NO, IT'S NOT ME. SEE, THAT'S THE WAY RELIGION HAS BEEN. BUT YOU KNOW WHAT? IF GOD WAS TO TELL YOU YOU WERE THE MOST HUMBLE PERSON IN A GROUP, IT WOULD BE HUMILITY TO SAY IT'S ME. I KNOW I'M MESSING WITH PEOPLE'S MINDS RIGHT NOW, BUT I'M JUST TRYING TO SAY THAT, SEE, SOME PEOPLE HAVE MISSED THIS TRUTH THAT ONLY BY PRIDE COMES CONTENTION BECAUSE THEY THINK, WELL, I'M NOT AN ARROGANT PERSON, AND SO THAT DOESN'T APPLY TO ME. THE WORD ISN'T TRUE. BUT NO, IT'S TALKING ABOUT SELF-CENTEREDNESS. WHEN YOU ARE THINKING ABOUT YOURSELF, WHEN YOU'RE ONLY LOOKING AT THINGS FROM YOUR STANDPOINT, THEN EVERY TIME IT WILL LEAD YOU TO INTERPRET THINGS IN A WAY THAT CALLS ANGER AND ALL THESE THINGS. YOU KNOW, MY BROTHER WAS, um, WHEN WE GREW UP TOGETHER, HE HAD A TEMPER. AND I MEAN, HE COULD, HE COULD GET MAD IN A HURRY. I REMEMBER ONE TIME WE WERE HAVING AN ARGUMENT ABOUT SOMETHING AND WE HAD ONE OF THESE LEATHER uh, MOTORCYCLE JACKET TYPE THINGS THAT HAD THE BIG BUCKLE ON IT LIKE THIS, IF ANY OF YOU REMEMBER THAT FROM BACK IN THE 50s OR 60s. AND ANYWAY, HE, he I DON'T REMEMBER NOW WHAT CAUSED IT, BUT HE HIT ME WITH THAT THING, AND THAT BUCKLE JUST SPLIT MY HEAD. AND, uh, YOU KNOW, WE DIDN'T GO TO THE DOCTOR. I PROBABLY COULD HAVE GOTTEN STITCHES AND STUFF, BUT IT TOOK TWO OR THREE TOWELS TO SOAK UP ALL OF THE BLOOD. AND HE WAS MAD, AND HE JUST LET ME HAVE IT. BUT EVERY TIME MY BROTHER WOULD DO SOMETHING LIKE THAT, WHEN HE CALMED DOWN AND WHEN HE SAW THE DAMAGE THAT HE HAD DONE TO ME OR TO SOMEBODY ELSE, EVERY TIME HE'D COME BACK AND APOLOGIZE AND SAY, I'M SORRY. I DIDN'T REALIZE WHAT I WAS DOING TO YOU. WITHOUT HIM REALIZING IT, YOU KNOW WHAT HE WAS DOING? HE WAS VALIDATING THIS PASSAGE, THAT IT'S ONLY BY PRIDE. HE WASN'T THINKING ABOUT ME. HE WASN'T THINKING ABOUT THE POTENTIAL DAMAGE HE DID TO SOMEBODY ELSE. HE WAS JUST THINKING ABOUT HIM. SOMETHING HAPPENED THAT SET HIM OFF. AND I CAN TELL YOU THAT IF YOU ARE ANGRY, YOU MAY SAY, BUT THIS PERSON DID THIS. IT'S YOUR SELFISHNESS. IT'S YOU FOCUSED ON YOURSELF AND THE DAMAGE THAT THEY'VE DONE TO YOU THAT MAKES YOU ANGRY. YOU CAN LITERALLY GET TO A PLACE 
that you think about that person more than you think about yourself. And you don't have to have everybody love you and everybody uh, uh, validate you in order for you to feel good. You can get to where you find your joy and your peace in God's acceptance, and it doesn't matter what other people do. I tell you, I'm sharing a key with you right here. You are never going to get to where everybody treats you properly. And if you're waiting on that day before you find joy and contentment and satisfaction, you'll never have it. You've got to find your acceptance in the Lord and the fact that God loves you not because you are lovely, but because He is love. And once you get secure in His love, then I don't believe you should encourage or like other people being angry at you. God didn't make us to live that way, but you should get to a place to where God's acceptance of you is enough and you don't have to have other people's approval. And you can live that way. You can literally get to a place that it doesn't matter. You know, I was ministering one time in um, Kansas City and I had a man walk up to me after the after I had ministered and he was upset over something that I had done and anyway, he just started reading me the riot act. He was rebuking me. He was telling me everything I said and everything that I did wrong. And you know what? I didn't like it. I, something's wrong with you if you like people ragging on you and coming against you. God made us for acceptance. And so I don't think you should like it, but you shouldn't be overcome by it. And it's only if you are selfish and self-centered and, and you have to always be right and you have to always come out so that you're, you're always correct. That's the only thing that causes you to be angry. And anyway, as this guy was just ragging on me, I just stopped him right in the middle of what he said. And I said, who died and made you God? And he said, what? And I said, you aren't God. I really don't care what you think about me. I said, it doesn't matter to me what you think. I said, I'm saying what I believe God has put on my heart and I've prayed over these things. I don't just get up and say things off the top of my head. Man, I've prayed about it. I believe I was inspired of God to say what I'm saying. And so I'm sorry that you don't like it, but you know what? Doesn't bother me. You aren't God. And this guy got more angry because you should care. And I said, I don't care. I said, compared to God, you're nobody. And see, some people, I'm sure, are thinking, well, man, that's a terrible way to treat people. I don't go out of my way to treat people that way, but I'm saying, it's like if I'm standing here and if a person comes up and if they just barely touch me, just brush against me a little bit, well, I may not even need to do anything because it was insignificant. And so uh, if a person, you know, isn't attacking me or something, I would never say something like that to them. But if a person comes up and tries to knock me over and pushes me, I have to respond with equal force or they're going to knock me on the ground. And so when this guy came up and attacked me, I wouldn't have ever just gone up to him and said something about, you know, I don't care about your opinion. But when he started attacking me and he was pushing me and trying to knock me down and Satan was trying to get at me through him, I just responded by saying, compared to God, you're nobody. I don't care what you think about me. I don't have to have you like me. I don't have to have your approval. God approves of me. God loves me. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, that's a place that very few Christians have found. Very few Christians are codependent upon people's approval. If nothing else, upon your mate's approval, upon your children's approval, or your parents' approval, or your boss's approval, or something. And we just live our life fearful of rejection. 
What that is, we're self-centered. We are constantly trying to keep ourselves in a place to where everybody loves us and treats us right. And I'm telling you, you can't survive that way. You need to come to a place to where you die to yourself, where you literally come to the end of yourself and you find your life in God. And you are all about promoting God. And because God is a people person and He loves other people, therefore you love other people and you reach out to them, but you don't do it to, for your sake. You're doing it because you love God. You know, here's another example that when I was in the Baptist church and before the Lord showed me these things I was sharing with you, I told you I was an introvert. And yet I was so convicted that I needed to go witness to people that I actually started a youth visitation. And I would go out and knock on five or six doors every Thursday night. And I led this visitation. Now, this was traumatic for a person who's an introvert. I, I didn't... Ha I, it was hard for me to talk to people that I didn't know, and I dreaded it. I mean, it just bothered me, but I was so convicted, so condemned that nonetheless, I was knocking on doors and I was witnessing to people and I would stand up every Sunday and I'd talk about how many people I led to the Lord. When I was 13, 14, 15 years old, I was leading two and three people per week to the Lord, quote, unquote. Now, whether they were truly born again or not, I don't know. Because, you know, the truth was, I didn't love those people. I loved myself. And I was thinking about me. And the reason I was going out and overcoming my natural tendency for inferiority and, and timidness and shyness, it being an introvert, wasn't because I loved those people. I loved me. And I was told that someday I was going to stand before God and I would be empty-handed and God would rebuke me. And because of my fear of being punished or something, I was doing it for me. I didn't care about them. I had this little spiel that I had learned, what we called the Roman road, Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Romans 5.8, Romans uh, 10, verse 9 and 10 and 13. And I went through the Roman road and I would just give this spiel and, and then tell a person, you know, is there any reason that you can't pray with me right now? And the vast majority of people will just pray with you to get you off their back. And so I'd have them repeat a prayer and I'd go back to church and on Sunday morning I'd stand up and I led two or three people to the Lord. Did you know that that was totally self-centered? I didn't care about that person. I didn't know if they truly meant it. I didn't care if they meant it. All I wanted to do was get credit. I wanted to stand in front of church. I wanted people to pat me on the back and say, you're awesome. You know what that is? That's pride. That's selfish. And this is exactly what's going on in so much of our religious stuff. It's all about me. Are people going to recognize me? And I'm telling you, if that's the attitude that you have, if you are doing your religious works, not because you love God and because you genuinely love the other person and are willing to put yourself at risk because you love them so much, unless that's your motivation, it profits you nothing. This is exactly what's being said by the Apostle Paul over in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. He says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. That's God's kind of love. God's kind of love 
IS WHERE YOU PUT OTHER PEOPLE AHEAD OF YOURSELF. JESUS SAID, NO GREATER LOVE HATH ANY MAN THAN THIS, THAT HE LAID DOWN HIS LIFE FOR HIS FRIENDS. THAT'S WHAT JESUS DID. SO GOD'S KIND OF LOVE, THIS AGAPE LOVE IS THE WORD IN THE GREEK, IS TALKING ABOUT YOU LOVE GOD AND OTHER PEOPLE MORE THAN YOU LOVE YOURSELF. BUT IF YOU SPEAK WITH THE TONGUES OF MEN AND OF ANGELS, AND IF YOU DON'T DO IT MOTIVATED OUT OF GOD'S KIND OF LOVE, THEN IT PROFITS YOU NOTHING. AND I CAN GUARANTEE you, THERE'S PEOPLE WATCHING THIS PROGRAM THAT YOU WILL PRAY IN TONGUES OUT OF DEBT, OUT OF OBLIGATION, BECAUSE SOMEBODY SAID THAT YOU NEED TO PRAY IN TONGUES FOR 30 MINUTES OR AN HOUR, AND SO YOU'LL DO IT, BUT YOU AREN'T DOING IT FOR THE LORD. YOU AREN'T DOING IT TO LOVE GOD, TO RELEASE THE LIFE THAT HE'S PLACED ON THE INSIDE OF YOU. YOU'RE DOING IT TO EARN SOMEBODY'S ACCEPTANCE. SOMEBODY'S MADE YOU FEEL CONDEMNED, AND SO YOU DO IT OUT OF DEBT AND OBLIGATION. AND IT DOESN'T HAVE TO BE LIMITED TO JUST PRAYING IN TONGUES. WHEN I FIRST GOT TURNED ON TO THE LORD, MAN, I KNEW THAT I NEEDED TO CHANGE, AND I, SO I WANTED TO KNOW HOW TO CHANGE. AND I HAD PEOPLE SAY, YOU NEED TO PRAY uh, AN HOUR A DAY. WELL, I THOUGHT IF AN HOUR A DAY WAS GOOD, TWO HOURS A DAY WOULD BE BETTER. SO I ACTUALLY SET AN ALARM, AND I HAD TO GO IN AT A CERTAIN TIME. I WOULD PRAY FROM 7 UNTIL 9 O'CLOCK IN THE MORNING EVERY DAY. AND I TELL YOU, I DREADED IT BECAUSE THIS IS BEFORE I SPOKE IN TONGUES, AND YOU CAN PRAY FOR THE ENTIRE WORLD. WHEN you, YOU ONLY HAVE ONE LANGUAGE, YOUR KNOWN LANGUAGE, YOU CAN PRAY FOR THE WHOLE WORLD IN 10 OR 15 MINUTES. AND I MEAN, AFTER 15, 20 MINUTES, MAN, IT WAS DRUDGERY FOR ME TO CONTINUE ON FOR TWO HOURS, BUT I WAS DOING IT, NOT BECAUSE I LOVED GOD, NOT BECAUSE I LOVED OTHER PEOPLE AND WAS INTERCEDING FOR THEM. I LOVED ME, AND I THOUGHT THAT THIS, YOU KNOW, I'M GOING TO GET GOD TO PUNCH MY LITTLE CARD AND GIVE ME A STAR BECAUSE I SPENT TWO HOURS EVERY DAY, AND IT WOULD BENEFIT ME, AND IT WOULD MAKE GOD MOVE INTO MY LIFE. YOU KNOW WHAT THAT IS? THAT'S PRIDE. AND IF, I, if THAT'S THE REASON THAT YOU'RE PRAYING, AND IF THAT'S YOUR MOTIVATION FOR PRAYING, THEN IT PROFITS YOU NOTHING. I LITERALLY, ONE TIME, ABOUT SIX, 6.45 OR SOMETHING, BEFORE I WAS SUPPOSED TO START PRAYING AT 7, I, had, I WAS STUDYING THE WORD. GOD WAS SPEAKING TO ME. I WAS GETTING REVELATION. I WAS LOVING IT. I WAS JUST HAVING A GREAT TIME WITH THE LORD. I LOOKED AT MY CLOCK. IT WAS 15 MINUTES BEFORE IT WAS TIME FOR ME TO PRAY. AND I REMEMBER THINKING, OH, GOD, I DREAD GOING IN AND PRAYING. I'M HAVING A GREAT TIME STUDYING THE WORD AND JUST FELLOWSHIPPING WITH YOU THROUGH THE WORD, BUT I'M GOING TO HAVE TO GO IN AND START PRAYING. AND I KNEW THAT THAT THOUGHT WAS WRONG, AND I SAID, GOD, I'M SORRY, BUT YOU KNOW WHAT I'M THINKING ANYWAY. SO I JUST TOLD THE LORD, I SAID, I'M SORRY, BUT I DREAD <laughs> PRAYING FROM 7 TILL 9 EVERY DAY. I SAID, I SHOULDN'T, BUT I DO. AND YOU KNOW WHAT THE LORD SPOKE TO ME? HE SAYS, DON'T WORRY, ANDREW. I START DREADING IT AT 6.30. AND GOD TOLD ME HE DREADED THAT TIME. WELL, I THOUGHT, IF GOD ISN'T ENJOYING THIS, AND IF I'M NOT ENJOYING IT, WHY AM I DOING IT? AND I QUIT MY RELIGIOUS CALISTHENICS WHERE I HAVE TO DISCIPLINE MYSELF AND MAKE MYSELF DO THIS AND GO THROUGH MY PRAYER LIST, AND I JUST STARTED FELLOWSHIPPING WITH GOD, AND IT BROUGHT ME TO A WHOLE NEW LEVEL IN PRAYER. AND I GUARANTEE YOU, I'M ENJOYING THE WAY I RELATE TO GOD NOW MORE THAN THAT OTHER WAY. IN VERSE 2, IT SAYS, AND THOUGH I HAVE THE GIFT OF PROPHECY AND UNDERSTAND ALL MYSTERIES AND ALL KNOWLEDGE, AND THOUGH I HAVE ALL FAITH SO THAT I COULD REMOVE MOUNTAINS AND HAVE NOT CHARITY, GOD'S KIND OF LOVE, I AM NOTHING. THIS IS NOT SAYING THAT FAITH ISN'T GOOD AND PROPHECY ISN'T GOOD. NO, THEY ARE GOOD THINGS, BUT IF THE REASON YOU'RE PROPHESYING IS SO THAT YOU CAN DRAW PEOPLE'S ATTENTION TO YOURSELF AND EVERYBODY CAN SEE THAT YOU'RE SPIRITUAL, YOU ARE IN PRIDE. THAT'S SELF-CENTEREDNESS. YOU'RE DRAWING ATTENTION TO YOURSELF. YOU SHOULD PROPHESY AND MINISTER TO OTHER PEOPLE BECAUSE YOU LOVE THEM AND YOU BELIEVE THAT GOD GAVE YOU SOMETHING THAT'S GOING TO HELP THEM. BUT IT'S NOT ABOUT YOU. BUT MAN, I HEAR SO MANY PEOPLE 
that get up. And anyway, I could spend a long time on that. But there are people that are prophesying. There are people that are operating in faith and doing things because they want to be considered uh, spiritual and by other people. And I tell you, that's a turn off to people and it's a turn off to God. If that's what you're doing, it profits you nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. It doesn't matter how much money you give. It doesn't matter if you make the ultimate sacrifice and burn yourself. But if you do it motivated out of self, it's not God's kind of love and it profits you nothing. Did you know there's people in other religions who will set themselves on fire that will uh, literally kill themselves thinking that somehow or another this is going to guarantee them access into heaven. It's just the opposite. If you are doing it all for selfish reasons, it profits you nothing. I'm telling you, the source of all grief is pride. And pride isn't just arrogancy. It's this self-centeredness to where you're doing everything for yourself. And, and some people are watching this and thinking, but how can you do it any other way? There are some people that you can't even conceive of a life where it's not all about you where you aren't constantly trying to get one up on somebody else, where you're constantly trying to draw attention to yourself. You know, it's, it's amazing to me, but some of the people who are the most starved for love are the very people who push everybody away because you are constantly trying to get people to pay attention to you. And so you dress a certain way, you talk, you, you dominate the conversation, you do all of these things, and you just can't understand why it is that people are moving away from you. But it's because you are just, it, whether people understand it or not, they perceive that it's all about you. You are just constantly trying to gain everybody's favor. You're constantly trying to get people to recognize you. And you know what that is? That's a turnoff. People dislike it. So the people who are the most starved for love and are trying to do all of these things to gain acceptance are actually pushing people away. You know how you really get acceptance and get people to love you? Quit making it about yourself. Instead of coming up and talking to a person and trying to impress them with, do you know who I am? Do you know what I've done? Look at me. And instead of you trying to impress them with you, you know the way to, to turn that around is to go up and not make it about yourself. Ask them, who are you? What have you done? You start talking to a person and asking them about themselves, and they see that you are genuinely concerned about them, and it's not about you, but you, you're interested in them. That person will be drawn to you in a heartbeat. This is how to make friends and influence people is to not make it about yourself. And yet there's people watching this program that you long for people to love you and you can't understand why it seems everybody's turned off. It's because you are constantly promoting yourself and, and advertising yourself and trying to draw everything to yourself. And I tell you, that's a turnoff to people. You love other people. You get to where you actually are more, and I'm not talking about just doing it because I'm saying it, but you see this truth and then you let God working in you and you go out and you genuinely go to being more concerned about other people than you are about yourself and people will love you. They will love you because you've loved them. Welcome to the AWM Minute, a quick look at how the friends and partners of Andrew Womack Ministries and Karis Bible College are equipping students from all backgrounds and nations to proclaim the power of the gospel. Students like Mohammed Faridi, a former Muslim from Iran who desired to be a martyr for Islam, 
until a close friend introduced him to Jesus and changed the course of his life forever. Every lie that Islam told me, that I have to beat myself, to humiliate myself, to be sorrowful for my sin, and I have to be killed and sacrificed. He said, it's already done in the person of Jesus Christ. And if you believe in Him, you will have eternal life. And that's the best thing I have ever heard in my life, and that is the best decision I have ever made. Today, Mohammed is a graduate of Karis Bible College and is spreading this message of God's love and grace with others lost in Islam. To watch his full story, visit awmi.net today. Andrew's complete teaching titled, Self-Centeredness, The Source of All Grief, is available in a 56-page booklet. And today, Andrew would like to offer this booklet as his free gift to you when you contact us. I'd like to encourage you to please get this product on Self-Centeredness, The Source of All Grief. We have it in English and in Spanish. And even though this subject is something that most people don't like to talk about, it's something that every one of us needs. You know, I had a man that told me that he was getting a divorce. He and his wife had already separated. They had already filed the papers, and he just happened to listen to this teaching in his car, and it totally transformed his life. He got his marriage back together, and for the last 20 years, they've been having a marriage ministry because of these truths. I promise you, whatever you're dealing with in your life, self-centeredness is the source of all of that grief. So listen as our announcer gives you this information. These are our free gifts to you. Call or write and receive these materials today. Get Andrew's Self-Centeredness, The Source of All Grief booklet in either English or Spanish absolutely free when you contact us. This offer is limited to one free book per household and is only available in the US, UK, Canada, and Australia. This teaching is also available as a single CD or DVD made from our daily television broadcast. Each of these valuable resources is available for a gift of any amount. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. We want to say a special thank you to the Grace Partners of Andrew Womack Ministries. Your gifts make it possible to put free ministry materials into the hands of many people in need. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We'd like to point out Andrew's upcoming speaking schedule. Mark your calendars to come meet Andrew at one of these events and let the Word of God transform your life. In the month of May, Andrew will be hosting our annual Grace and Faith Conference in Telford, England, as well as two additional Grace and Faith Conferences in Łódź, Poland, and Frankfurt, Germany. In June, come to Woodland Park for the Truth and Liberty Coalition. Joining Andrew at this event will be speakers James Robinson, Mark Gonzalez, and Pastor Mark Coward. Then, from June 29th to July 3rd, Andrew will be in Woodland Park hosting the annual Summer Family Bible Conference. This event is loaded with activities for the whole family, 
guest speakers will include Carrie Pickett, Bill Federer, Greg Moore, Billy Epperhart, Barry Bennett, Stephen Bransford, Paul Milligan, and Pastors Lawson Perdue and Mark Coward. For more details on Andrew's next meeting in your area, visit our website at awmi.net. This July 4th, join us for a rousing musical tale of heroism, hope, and sacrifice. Experience the key events of American history through the eyes of a single family. Coming soon with free admission to Karis Bible College, Colorado. In God we trust, a fight for freedom.